0: This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Nelly. Our guest this week is Zippy Duvall, President of the American Farm Bureau Federation. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by Syngenta. See how we're focusing on our one planet with six commitments. See the Good Growth Plan at www.goodgrowthplan.com. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with Georgia Farmer and American Farm Bureau President Zippy Duvall next. Syngenta's Good Growth Plan is about the biggest challenge facing humanity, feeding a growing population. Syngenta's Good Growth Plan is a six-point commitment to make crops more efficient, to rescue more farmland, to help biodiversity flourish, to reach and empower smallholders, to help people stay safe, and to look after every worker throughout the entire supply chain network. One planet, six commitments. Learn more at www.goodgrowthplan.com. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. Last month, delegates of the American Farm Bureau Federation elected Zippy Duvall as president of the organization. The Georgia farmer now represents six and a half million farm and ranch families across the U.S. Duvall says it's important now more than ever for the rural voice to speak and to be heard in Washington and across the country.
1: When you start talking about food and feeding people and talking about the future and national security agriculture is right in the middle of all of that and it's important to all our citizens daily lives and uh, of course we the bipartisan uh, group up here working to, trying to find solutions is difficult and it's important for us to be there uh, talking about uh, what the issues are and keeping it on the front of their minds and on the staff's minds and and educating them to what we need to be doing in agriculture to Uh, continue to move forward because it is so important to everybody's daily lives
0: do you have to change the way you bring your message to capitol hill now
1: i think we probably do i've traveled this country and we've talked about uh public policy and how it affects agriculture and how important it is always been our mission here to be the voice of americans farmers and ranchers uh, but one of the other, uh, things that are, is rising to the top is public opinion of what we do in agriculture. And, and we have to look in that area and, and work with our volunteers across the country and our county farm bureaus to make sure that we're telling the story based off of true facts and what's really happening in agriculture. So, uh, the story is not just valuable here in Washington. Because we need to touch the people out in the countryside because the people that are working here in Washington go back and they need to hear the same story from them constituents that our volunteers have communicated to them.
0: You travel thousands of miles and talk to a lot of folks as you were working and campaigning for this position. What did you learn about agriculture and the states that you traveled and and what do you see the state of the industry now?
1: Well, of course, if you look at the state of the industry and look at the farm economy, of course, we're in a very difficult time with prices down and cost up. With the economy and the state of, the, of the agriculture, we need to look at what's co- what we can do to work within the limitations that we have. Uh, of course, if you look at regulatory, every time you tie a farmer's hands with a new reg, it costs him money to do that. It makes him inefficient. Uh, It's not that he doesn't want to take care of his land or the natural resources. We were the first conservationists. Our families live on that land. We're not going to harm it, and we need to untie their hands and allow them to be efficient in doing what they're doing. And trade, we need to open up the trade markets. We need to make sure that we create new markets for our farmers to sell their products in. There's so many issues that are on the front of the burner right now that are affecting them. Uh, and we don't need to add more cost to it because if we do, it makes them struggle harder and it adds cost to the consumers in, at the supermarket.
0: Talk about your personal goals now in this position and your vision for American Farm Bureau.
1: Well, my personal goals to start out with right while I'm here in Washington and just starting this new job. Uh, first, it's really exciting and what a great opportunity I have to be able to uh, find, uh, identify the problems our farmers have and, and help find solutions. What we need to do is to get beyond our fence rows. I've talk about a story uh, with my dad back when I first went into the dairy business, and I was complaining to him about some of the issues that we still complain about today, and that's regulation and price of commodities and all the things that we talk about today. And he challenged me, he said, son, you got to manage your farm in a way that you can get outside your fence rows and become part of that process, because there's people at the state capital and there's people in Congress that are putting policies out there that's going to affect your life your family's life, and your community's life because you live in an agricultural community. And we got to move forward and make sure that we activate our grassroots. We get them outside their comfort zone and tell their story. Statistics show that the American public trusts the farmer. They're not sure about that word agriculture, but they trust farmers. They trust their veterinarian. And what we need to do is partner up and let them meet the true farmers and ranchers across this country so that they see that we care about our animals, that we care about our natural resources, and that we're doing everything that we can do to provide a safe product for them while we're taking care of all those areas.
0: You have a very strong board of directors, and, of course, now you the new president. Are there areas you feel like you need to evaluate? Are there core issues that won't change and others that maybe need to be considered?
1: Well, I think as a business, we always have to evaluate what we're doing and measuring our successes, and, and we're going to continue to uh, try to do that in that area of all our program work here. But Farm Bureau has not changed, and it's not going to change. I think the challenge for me is that i got to get into the other areas of the country where some of those strong agricultural leaders that you referenced And i got to get with their Farm Bureau staff, and i got to talk to them about their issues. And I'll pick out one, Western Region. I need to go out there and see what they're going through. I need to hear their stories, and I need to be able to represent them on Capitol Hill or anywhere else. I need to do it to tell their story in a way that the public can understand it.
0: President Duvall, your organization was one of the first who stood up strong against the EPA's definition of waters of the U.S. More than 25 states now, a legal challenge. It is a legal issue in Ohio that has prevented the EPA from implementing uh, the rules of this. Uh, Congress passed legislation that would have sent the EPA and the Corps of Engineers back to the drawing board, and the president vetoed that. What story does that tell on this issue, and what do you see ahead?
1: Well, it tells a story that we got a disconnect, that people really don't understand what the far-reaching authority of the federal government is going to have in the water areas and how it's going to affect everybody's life. And we're very disappointed that it was vetoed. We're going to continue our work legislatively to fight this issue. This is one of the most important issues that we face this day and time, and it is going to be harmful to agriculture and the way we're able to do business but it's also going to be harmful to every American out there listening. Uh, when you start talking about waters of the U.S. and having more uh, control over those areas where either whether it's running or could run, it not only affects agriculture, but it affects building roads, building bridges, building buildings. Uh, it affects generating power. So all that converts into higher taxes, higher utility costs, and we're going to continue to work to fight that with lawsuits on the legal end of it and with Congress trying to tell the story about how difficult uh, this new rule is going to make every American's life.
0: The clock is ticking toward the Vermont labeling laws taking into effect, and that's just for the state. But that state is one of many who have talked about their own set of labeling laws. It's, there's, there's, there's an effort underway to try to find a, a compromise for the nation. How big of an issue is that for U.S. agriculture, and what's the Farm Bureau's position?
1: Our position is that we support voluntary labeling, and we think it's important that it be voluntary. The general public needs to understand that their food that they're buying and feeding their families are safe. But, you know, why would you put a warning on a a label on a product when the sound science says there's nothing wrong with it? So why would we want to put a label on there, giving the people the impression that there is something wrong with it? We think that uh, companies should be able to have the opportunity to make a choice of whether or not they want to label it or not, and we don't think it should be mandatory.
0: Ag Secretary Vilsack said this week that he doesn't believe he has the legal authority to declare cotton seed as an oil seed and allow cotton producers then the opportunity to participate in the ARC and the PLC programs of the Farm bill. House Ag Committee Chairman Mike Conaway said he hopes that congressional Democrats will encourage the USDA to take action. What did your delegates say regarding the matter?
1: Well, I think our delegates, you know, we're we're uh, one united voice trying to help uh, agriculture. And of course, you know, the difficult part about our job as being the largest general farm organization is that we have to we have to represent every commodity that's being produced out there and every farmer. And that's sometimes that's a difficult job. But when there's one sector of it that, that uh, is, is suffering more than maybe other sectors, but they're all suffering right now. But uh, you know, if, if there's one, if there's a solution for one sector of it, at the end of the day, most if American Farm Bureau, we come down to try to support that. So we support that.
0: There have been some concerns offered that we just got out of a cotton situation with the Brazilians in the face of the WTO, just came through a situation with the WTO and country of origin labeling and that now if you in some way tie cotton to a PLC program under the Farm Bill, that we could be making ourselves vulnerable for another attack under WTO rules. Thoughts?
1: Well, you know, I think there's always going to be an opportunity for another attack. But, you know, we need to make sure that we continue to study this issue and, and, and see how that, how that might affect it. Uh, but, you know, we can't uh, do business out of fear. Uh, we, we need to do what's right, uh, for our rural communities and our farmers and ranchers across this country, uh, because at the end of the day, uh, agriculture is a national security issue. If we can't feed ourselves, someone else is gonna feed us. And what you got, what people don't understand is when you talk about a commodity like cotton, uh, there's a whole infrastructure out there in those communities that handles that commodity. And if, and if we don't find some way uh, during this difficult time to su- to support it, then you're going that that uh, infrastructure will crash, uh, rural communities will crash, and it'll it'll be a chain event. So you know whether it be cotton or corn or whatever else, we're American Farm Bureau, and we're going to be here to represent those farmers and ranchers and do the best job we can do. And then at the end of the day, we're going to make sure that what we're doing as a national security issue, we keep all Americans safe and fed with safe food.
0: At your convention in Orlando, you talked about the Trans-Pacific Partnership, and even Ambassador uh, Darcy Vetter was there to talk about that with members of the Farm Bureau and others who were attendants. Has the Farm Bureau formed a decision on that agreement, and are you ready to stand up and to lobby for it?
1: We're ready to lobby for the TPP, and, uh, of course, there's areas of that we're still evaluating But we think all in all that it is a very positive treaty and it will be positive for agriculture. And uh, it'll help revitalize our rural communities. And uh, we just think all around it's good for agriculture.
0: You have 6.5 million farmers and ranchers that you now represent. What challenge is it to have such a diverse and general farm organization to come up with a central policy and stay behind it?
1: Well, you know, uh, it's all about trying to get people involved and listen to them you know as a leader i have discovered that time spent listening to people is a lot more valuable than talking to them and across this country i have traveled and i've listened to their issues and their problems and now that i've done that i can move forward with this wonderful staff that we have here at american farm bureau and try to find some solutions to that and also by listening to them you hear their stories and, yes, their stories are better told by themselves, and we're a vehicle to get the farmer to the right place to tell that story to the right person so that we can move the needle. Uh, but in their absence, i got to be prepared to do that for them, and that's what we're going to continue to do. The future of agriculture is really, really bright. Uh, we don't want anybody to think that this downturn is going to kill agriculture. We're going to find a way to get through this, uh, and we'll, we'll come out stronger on the other side. And I look forward to uh, taking on each one of those challenges for our American farmers and ranchers as we move forward.
0: Zip, you come from the south, and certainly there are issues that are taking place there with cotton and with peanuts. How will you as president work to keep and make sure that all the voices are heard?
1: Well, I may be from the south, but I come from Georgia, and we grow everything from apples to zucchini there. And we're regionally separated in Georgia just like we're regionally separated across the country. And when I say regionally separated, I mean different areas do different things and have different interests. So i come from a background of, of animal agriculture, but over nine years I have learned how to go and talk to those row crop farmers that do peanuts and cotton and, and be able to represent their issues too. I'll treat America uh, agriculture no different, and and what's going to be important to me is, is to have those relationships with the movers and shaker in the agricultural world and the other areas of, the, of the, this country, and we're going to work hard for them. It didn't make any difference whether they're big or large or what state or what community they're from. We are American Farm Bureau, and we're going to be their voice, and we're going to do it in a way that they can be proud of it.
0: There has continued to be challenges toward modern day agriculture on the intent of farmers towards sustainability and being environmental stewards. Of all the challenges that come before farmers, that seems to be the one that strikes uh, strikes strikes folks like yourself the most because everyone that I've seen, you have a compassion for the land. Are the sustainability questions, are they valid?
1: No, they're not valid because we deal with that each and every day. Uh, to be sustainable is important to us Is as family uh, family farms and as businesses. Uh, we're, we were already doing those things. We're out there taking advantage of all the new technologies that allow us to handle the land better and to handle the animals better. Uh, we're looking for best management practices each and every day. A farmer never takes money and socks it away. He's always reinvesting it back in his farm and his property and his family business. You know it's really, to me, when somebody tells us that agriculture is not sustainable, that really bothers me. It it really offends me because I know how hard uh, my family farm works to be able to stay there and be productive. That is our business, to be good to the environment. We live on the land, we drink our water, and we depend on our cattle to make our living, and animals to make our living for us. So why why would we mistreat any of them, and why would we think of anything other than being sustainable?
0: President Devon, we want to thank you for spending time with us here on Open Mic with AgriPulse. And, sir, this, this program is called Open Mic, so you have the last word.
1: Well, first off, let me thank you for what you do and uh, AgriPulse and all the uh, industry out there that helps get the word of agriculture out. I, you know, I, I, we we very much appreciate the work that you do. Uh, i come to this job with a lot of excitement and a lot of passion around the industry we know as agriculture. And I look forward to doing the work for our family, farm, small family farms and our large family farms across this country. I, I believe in... Uh, faith, uh, family, and uh, and farming, and I look forward to uh, letting everybody know who Zippy Duval is, and let him let them see my passion for them, so that they can go home at night and feel comfortable that they got a a leader at the at the helm of American Farm Bureau that's going to take this great staff, and we're going to try to do some amazing things for them in the future, and I just uh, appreciate the opportunity to do that. But I also want to thank you again for what you do.
0: That's Zippy Duvall, President of the American Farm Bureau Federation. Our guest this week on Open Mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by Syngenta. See how we're focusing on our one planet with six commitments. See the Good Growth Plan at www.goodgrowthplan.com. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Alley.